Hey everyone, welcome to OSC at Home. I'm so glad to be with you. Welcome to our ninth week of online services. Now, I know I've had many of you asking me, Pastor Josh, when are we going back to church? Well, first off, just to realize church has never been about a building. It's always been about a people, but I know what you're saying. When are we gonna have in services? And I just want you to know that we have been praying, planning, and preparing for that day. As many of you know, we are in phase one as a state, which means that our businesses are now opening, but at 25% occupancy. And the same is for the church, which for our church means that many of you would not even be able to get into our services because we can only have 25% occupancy. So we are waiting till phase two to reopen our in-person gatherings. You can be praying right alongside with us because we are believing and hoping that that will be in June. So we just got a couple more weeks of this and then hopefully in June, we will be gathering together, worshiping together, hopefully being able to uh, at least just celebrate God's goodness in the midst of everything that's going on. I just want you to know, we miss you so much. I know on behalf of all of our pastors, listen, we can't wait to worship with you again. Now, we know it may look a little different when we reopen, and so we wanna encourage you to take that questionnaire. Let us know. We're taking all of that feedback from the questionnaire, and uh, and it's helping us prepare and plan. But you can also go to oscconnect.com or go to our app, and you can see, actually, the plan that we put in place for phase one, phase two, and phase three. So I wanna encourage you to go check it out, and you can see exactly what we have planned. Hey, today I wanna share a message called This Is Only A Test. I don't know if y'all remember growing up when the, on, the, on the TV screen when they say, this is only a test, a test of the broadcast network, and it go beep. This is only a test. I, I am so excited to share this message with you. Now, I just wanna go ahead and let you know, next week, Pastor Jamie will be preaching, and then the week after that, Pastor JJ will be preaching, and then hopefully after that, we'll be in person in our services. And then I also wanna let you know at the end of this message, you're gonna wanna stay on because at the end of this message, we have a powerful, powerful story that you're not gonna wanna miss. Now I wanna start today in James chapter one. James is probably one of my favorite books in all of the Bible. It's, it's written by James. Yeah, exactly. If those that may not know, James was the little brother of Jesus. And uh, which, by the way, let's just stop and say, can you imagine the pressure it was to be Jesus's little brother? (laughs) To hear Mary always say, why don't you just be more like your brother? Or the times when maybe you didn't want to go to school and you wanted to fake like you were sick. And then Jesus passes by and says, be healed. Come on, how many know you can never get anything away on Jesus? But James is a pastor and James is actually uh, writing a book. Many scholars believe that James is one of the first books in the New Testament. And he's writing to what's called the 12 tribes of dispersion. It's actually uh, all of the Christians that have now been distributed and have ran because of persecution. And James just loves people and he has a pastor's heart. And he writes this book just to encourage them in the midst of hardship. And I thought, man, what an incredible book for us to go to in the midst of our hardship to gain encouragement. James chapter one, and I'm gonna read starting in verse two through four, says this, dear brothers and sisters, when various trials come your way, 
consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. I love how the Bible speaks to real world problems. Now, can I just get a show of hands or maybe some emojis or maybe some thumbs up? How many would say that life has been hard? Anybody? It's just been difficult. How many of you are just going through a trial right now? Maybe emotionally, maybe financially, maybe physically, maybe relationally. But I think all of us are probably going through times right now. And this scripture gives us some encouragement. It says, when you go through, when various trials come your way. Notice it doesn't say if they come your way. It says when they come your way. I want to read the, the Passion Translation for this. I love how it reads in verse 2. It says this, My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties. You ever been there? You ever heard this? When it rains, it... Everybody finish that with me. It pours. Yeah, and, and James is saying, hey, when, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, look what it says. Watch this. See it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Today, I want to talk about it's only a test. This is only a test. And I want to share with you three things that I think you and I need when we go through trials or tests. First thing is this, you need perspective. Notice that this verse said, when you see it, that you should see it as an invaluable opportunity. James is trying to help us understand that when we go through trials, when we go through hard times, when we go through difficulties, that we need God's perspective on our troubles. We need God's perspective on our trials. Now, perspective is this. Now, I want you to listen to me closely. Perspective is not what you see, but it's how you see. This is huge here. Perspective is not what you see, it's how you see. You, you ever been somewhere with someone else and you look at a situation and you can see it two totally different ways. You're looking at the exact same thing, but you can see it two totally different ways. One person could go, this is bad. And then another person can say, this is going to be great. One person could look at this and go, oh, these people are just going to hurt me. And then another person could look at people and say, no, these people are going to help me. And then one person could look at this and go, I hate this. And then another one could go through this and go, I love this. One person can look at something and go, I can't do this. There's no way. Where another person could look at this and go, I was made for this. What is it? It's perspective. It's not what you see, but it's how you see it. Adversity can be viewed as an obstacle, or as James says, as an opportunity. And the difference between an obstacle and an opportunity, watch this, is how you see it. That's all it is. It's just how you're looking at it. All of us right now are in adversity. All of us right now are in trials and tests. But some people can look at this and just see it as an obstacle. I'm just ready just to get back to normal. I'm just ready for this just to all be over. But some people can look at it as an opportunity. An opportunity to grow in our relationships. An opportunity to grow deeper with the Lord. An opportunity to see God do new things he's never done before. An opportunity for God to speak to us. An opportunity to slow down. See, it can be an opportunity. And, and I want to say it this way. 
The view is up to you. That's right. The view is up to you. Perspective is not what you see, but it's how you see it. See, your perspective will either be your prison or it'll be your passport. Well, what do I mean by that? See, your perspective can either confine you to the way things are, or it can release you into all the things that God has for you. And I can't think of a better season right now for us to have perspective, God's perspective, to launch us into things maybe we've never done before. I don't know if you're like me, but I can spend a lot of my time trying to get God to see things the way I see them, when really he's trying to get me to see things the way he sees them. And I can't think of a person that is better at perspective and understanding God's perspective than the Apostle Paul. As many of you know, the Apostle Paul um, loved the Lord passionately, planted churches, was this incredible apostle. But many times, as he was doing God's will, was put in very difficult situations. He was shipwrecked, he was beaten, he was stoned, he was in prison. And in Philippians chapter 4, he is in prison. And watch what he says, in prison. Chapter 4, verse 4 says this, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say, rejoice. Look at that! In the middle of prison, he's telling us to rejoice. See, because you need to understand this. The facts, which we need the facts. The facts is what you're looking at. But the filter is what you're looking through. And that's why two people can look at the same set of facts, the same situation, and have two different perspectives. Because it's your filter. It's what you're looking through. Paul had this incredible ability that no matter what the facts said, no matter what was going against him, no matter what was happening all around him, he could look at the facts, but he had a different filter. And the truth is, is that as followers of Christ, we have a different filter. We can look at hardships and we look at it through God's goodness and we can look at it in a totally different way. We can look at it through the filter of God's word and know that he's promised to take care of us, that we'll never be alone. It's the filter. God's spirit is a filter, the spirit of God that lives inside of us. God's people are filters, people around us that encourage us and come and lift us up in the midst of hardships. I've been there where, man, I was so discouraged and yet people came and they gave me perspective. They helped me to see things. And really, that's what this service is all about. This service right now is a perspective changer. It's you come to a Sunday, whether it's at, at, at our, one of our campuses or whether it's online and you hear a message. And if you've ever walked out of a message and you're like, man, that message was just for me. You know what happened? Your perspective changed because your situation didn't change. You walked out of church right back into a, a, a marriage that was struggling, kids that were struggling, finances that were maybe not well, maybe a health report that's still not good. But you know what changed? your perspective changed. And what happens where we make the mistake is, is that oftentimes we try to view God through our circumstances rather than viewing our circumstances through God. And so we go, well, if this is bad, then God is bad. But, but I want you to view your circumstances through the goodness of God. You know, a couple months ago, Pastor Jamie and I had the privilege of going to Haiti to um, see what God is doing there to take care of orphans. We're partnering with an organization there. 
And on the first day that we were there, you drive through Haiti and it's very, very um, rough. It's, there's rough conditions, a lot of poverty, a lot of, I mean, just really, really bad. And that night we were sitting and having kind of our group devotions and talking through. And one of the guys said this question, and it, and it still hasn't left me to this day. And it's been a question now I've been asking more and more often. And he said this question, where did you see Jesus today? And I thought, that's a great question. Because when I looked around, all I saw was poverty and I saw people that were sick and I saw hardship and I saw heartache. But where did you see Jesus today? And when I started thinking through it, I, I saw Jesus in a lot of places. I wanna ask you the same question. Where do you see Jesus in all of this? And all of this COVID-19 and everything that's going on, where do you see Jesus? Where have you seen Jesus in your life, in your marriage, in your family? How has God been there? See, what happens when you look for God, you'll find him. Psalms 118 says it this way. This is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I love it because David is, is almost saying something in faith. See, like the day is just beginning. You go, David, how can you say this is the day the Lord's made? We're going to rejoice in it. You haven't even started the day. It's just beginning. I think that's the whole point, though, is that no matter what comes my way today, this is the day the Lord's made, and I'm going to rejoice in it. So what would it look like tomorrow? You begin the day with this is the day the Lord has made, and I am going to rejoice in it. What if you went into tomorrow knowing that God has good for you, that God has plans to prosper you, he has his favor upon you? Man, how would that change just how you work, or how, how you serve, or how you take care of your home. Say, this is the day the Lord has made. Now listen, you can't change what happens around you, but you can change how you look at it. And so when you're going through a trial, hey, you need to see it as an opportunity to experience great joy. Is what I'm going through joyful? No. But what God can do through it can bring me great joy. Watch what James chapter 1 verse 3, and I'm going to get to point 2. James chapter 1, verse 3, he says this, For you know that when your faith is tested, everybody say that word, tested. When your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. I love this. Your faith is being tested. My faith is being tested. So my first word is perspective. When you go through trials, you need to have perspective. The second thing, though, is you need to have purpose. Purpose. You know, I hear a lot of people right now in the midst of everything that's going on saying things like this. I just don't see the purpose. I don't know why we're going through this. What's the point? Why should I keep trying? When people go through painful times, discouraging times of adversity and trials and hardship, oftentimes we can say things like that. I don't even know why I just keep doing this. I've been trying and it's not working out. I mean, we say things like that. Can I ask you a question? How many of you hate pain? Raise your hand. If that's you, come on, give me a thumbs up there or a like if that's you on there. How many of you hate pain? I, I know I don't really care for pain that much, but I want to push back for a moment because I'm going to argue that not all of us hate pain. I don't think people hate pain pain, what they hate is they hate pain without a purpose. 
See, because people can endure a lot of pain when they understand that there's a purpose. Let me prove it to you. Some people even pay for pain. Yeah, they pay for pain. I, I, I work out with these people often. They pay a monthly membership to go and experience pain. Whether you go and you work out, it's not enjoyable. Many times it's painful and you pay for it. But you know why you pay for it? Because there's a purpose. There's a purpose. How about all the moms on here that have uh, been pregnant? Was, was that not painful? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was excruciatingly painful. But you know what? You had the ability to persevere through the pain because you had a purpose. I mean, I know people, now this is crazy, but pay money to go run marathons. What? To go run, what is that, 26 miles? They pay for that and it's painful. But why do they do that? Because there's a purpose. And I want to encourage you that when you're going through adversity and you're going through trials and you're going through a test, to not just look at life from a perspective of pain, but to see your pain through the perspective of purpose. This scripture tells us, for you know that when your faith is tested, that when we go through trials, it's tested. Now that word tested is a word that, that silversmiths would use when they tested silver. They would throw all the silver into this massively huge pot and they would heat that pot up as hot as they could possibly get it. And as they heated it up, all of the dross, all of the impurities of that silver would rise to the top. And then they would, they would scoop it all out. And then they would heat it up again. And it would rise to the top and they would scoop it all out. And they would continue to do this to begin to extract all of the impurities out of that silver. And the way they knew that that silver was now purified was the, the person could see their reflection in the silver. They could look over and I think about that's, that's exactly what Jesus wants to do. Jesus is wanting us as, as our faith is being tested and as things are coming to the top, he's revealing these things in our life, but not to expose us, but to heal us, to free us, to help us. God's goal is not to make you happy. God's goal is to make you holy. And that every time there's, there's testing in our life and it brings out maybe not the best in us, but that's okay. God begins to scoop those things away and God wants to see his reflection in our lives. That is when people look at us, they see Jesus more and more. Our faith is being tested. I think about a, a guy named Joseph for 13 years. It looked like God forgot about him. He went after test, after test, after test. I just wrote down some things. He was betrayed by the closest people to him. He was accused and convicted of a crime that he did not commit. He was promised that he would be brought out of jail, but he was forgotten for two years. And I want to encourage you in this, through the life of Joseph, to not judge what God is doing while you're in a pit or while you're in prison. You got to let the whole story play out. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, gives us the purpose. This is what he says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. How would your life change if you believed that God was for you 
and he was with you in every situation and that he had a purpose for everything that you're going through. Hey, as someone who's experienced pain in my own life, here's what I know. And I have to remind myself this often. God never wastes pain. He never does. And so the divorce that you've gone through, maybe the bankruptcy that you've walked through, maybe the promotion that was passed up, maybe the child that seems like it's wayward, maybe the miscarriage that you've had, maybe the lost job that you're walking through. Just want you to know that even while our faith is being tested, God is growing us. God has a purpose even in the midst. I, I believe none of this God is causing, but, but he is allowing it. And we're going through this season and we want, God, whatever you have to do in my heart, whatever you want to do in my life, God, give me your perspective and God, help me to see your purpose in the midst of everything. And verse four says this, so let it grow, let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So when you're going through a trial, you're going through hardship, remember we need perspective, we need purpose, and last thing is we need persistence. We need persistence. You know, we live in a culture that wants things now. Isn't that so true? Like we want drive-through now. We want our apps to load things now. Netflix can definitely not buffer. We want fast internet. We want everything to be quick and fast. We definitely don't like to wait. But here's what I know. God doesn't build you and me in seven minutes or seven years, but he builds us over a lifetime. When you endure, when you persevere, when you weather the storm, when you don't quit, when you keep going at it, persistence is the key. It's persistence. It's just the, the ability to keep on going day in and day out. And I just wanna to speak to someone who's watching right now and you have thought these things, I just wanna give up. I just wanna quit. I'm done. I just wanna encourage you today, don't quit. How many of you are thankful that we serve a savior that when life got the hardest on him, he didn't quit, he persevered, he pushed through. And today, God is encouraging you and I in the midst of everything that's going on, hey, just keep pushing through, just keep going strong. And I'm so thankful. This is the good news, ready, listen to me. This is the good news. The good news is that God wants you to pass the test of life. And here's the great news about all that. He will never allow the test of life to be greater than the grace he gives you to walk through it. God has given you and I grace to walk through this season. We just need his perspective, we need his purpose, and we need his persistence. And I'll end with James chapter one, verse two says, if your faith remains strong, even while surrounded by life's difficulties, you will continue to experience the untold blessings of God. Watch this. True happiness comes as you pass the test with faith and receive the victorious crown of life promised to every lover of God. Now, I can't think of a better person who has exemplified this message than our founding pastor, Pastor Baba McCann.
And so I want to share with you some news and his story of how he's had perspective, purpose, and persistence. Hey, I'm uh, here joined with our founding pastor, Pastor Bubba. And, you know, today we talked about just when we go through tests, we go through hardships, when we go through trials, just having God's perspective, understanding God's purpose and, and persevering through all of that. If there's anybody that's embodied that, I think it would be you. You've embodied I didn't what volunteer. It is. You didn't volunteer. <laughs> by no means. No. But you have. You've done it done it well and you and Miss Tracy and y'all's family have just navigated some some really hard years, some dark years, mm. some rough times, yeah. you know, battling cancer for almost ten years now. Give us a little bit of just the perspective side. How how do you continue to see what you're walking through? Get the even some of the doctors, what doctors have said. You've had some facts that have not been pleasant to hear. Mm -hmm. How do you continue to keep faith and have God's perspective when you when you hear the news that you hear and you've heard it different times oh, yeah. over the years that yeah. have not been favorable? So, right. just how do you how do you have perspective in that? Well, the first time that I found out, I mean, you know, I, if you don't know the story, just a little bit. I'd come back from Africa on a trip, came back, I used to run, went to the bathroom and there was blood. And and I told my wife and she goes, you're going to the doctor. And then we did all that. We did the scope thing. And then the doctors, that was kind of the first news we went to. Uh, Lake Charles did a scope and they said, uh, you have something in this blockage and it looks like cancer. And I couldn't take it out, it was too large. And we're like, wow. And then we actually went to Chick-fil-A and there was a lady who had a scarf around her head and uh, she had cancer. And I just, just finding out, I said, I know the only way, first of all, I have a biblical perspective. And I feel like the Lord said, if you pray, for it, I felt like, God, if I just pray for people, will you heal me? Mm. And so every time I prayed for people, I said, Lord, you're gonna heal them. Is this my healing coming as yeah. well? And then we went, had surgery, had to get 11 inches taken out of my colon. and. We thought that was good, and I talked yeah. to different people, and a year later, thinking I'm going to the doctor, and uh, everything's gonna be good, they said 17% chance, and um, they found it in my liver. Yeah. And there was three spots, so we had to do a liver resection. And, uh, but you know, Pastor Josh, when I went to the doctor the first time, she told me, I think that, that's where I just, when I found out that I had cancer, I was gonna have surgery, just back up a little bit. I remember just going to my knees, holding the doctor's hand and looking, holding my wife's hand. Tracy was with me and I just got on my knees and said, God, I trust you. Mm. I've had 75 plus chemotherapy treatments. Uh, treatments through a port that I have. And I did four years of oral chemo, 21 days and seven days off. Yeah. But the thing is, is that through all of that, I knew that God was with me. Yeah. I never lost hope. And I can remember, I think it was one of the first times, you probably remember when I stood up before the whole church and just said, the Lord gave me a word for this year. The joy of the Lord is gonna be my strength. Yeah. One doctor set me down, he goes, I don't know. He goes, you help me have faith. Hmm. You help me have faith. And you know, the last nine and a half years, what I've, what I've walked through, I've, I just said, this is my mission field. Yeah. You know, I've been able to minister to people. 
I've seen people that have been able to pray with people that aren't here anymore. Been able to pray with people and they've gotten, gotten, God's given them miracles after I prayed. What, what, were, what were the things you had to tell yourself in the middle of those hard moments where it required persistence for you to just press through, not give up, not quit? And I know there's always been the days where you've wanted to, but what would you go back to to not give in like you maybe would want to at times? I remember the first time that I came and I found out that I had it and I had to tell my kids. And, and I was putting Olivia to bed and she was five. And I take, she had a little picture of a little wedding dress and, and it's like the devil just lied to me and said, you're not gonna walk her down the aisle. After I prayed for her and put her in bed and I cried and I said, God, just be with me. Mm. You know, it's one things like that. You have to get, it's okay to have emotions. It's okay to have feelings. And I remember um, one time I was bringing Livy to school. She's about eighth grade one day. Well, it was before that. And I told her another time I had another bout with was going on. And I remember she looked at me and she goes, Dad, I'm not worried about you. You've had cancer all my life. God's going to help you. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, thanks, babe. The faith of a little Yeah. Man. Yeah, and I driving her with her one eighth grade when she was in school, bringing her to Crowley, and and uh, we're talking about different things, and talking about having a surgery coming up and different things, and and she goes, Dad, you're gonna walk me down the aisle, mm. and I, I had to contain myself, and then two weeks ago, um, I'd gone, I hadn't been on chemo in like eight weeks. Uh, I'd stopped taking the medication. They said they were going to take me off in uh, in about two months. And I said, well, if they're going to take me off in two months, I'll just Might do well that early. It. And uh, I was supposed to do chemo. And during when COVID came through, I just said, I'm, I'm not. I had pastors and people tell me, Bubba, don't go. You don't need to go. First started with Tracy. She said, I have a red flag. And then it was just confirmed by Pastor Randy. She goes, well, I, I was like, oh, baby. I'm, he goes, she goes, call Pastor Randy. Call Pastor Jacob. You know, Brother Keith called me, you know, then Pastor Jacob and I talked. And, you know, it's just like everybody that's it just that loves me wants to tell me the truth. And we should all have those kind of people. Yeah. And uh, because sometimes we can be deceived by our own opinion. So I went there and the, the doctor, it was, it was crazy. It's three weeks ago now, today. Mm-hmm. And he, she goes, um, you know, I just want to tell you this. She goes, the chair you're sitting in, with everything you've walked through and everything you've gone through in the last nine and a half years, there would be no one sitting in that chair. Mm. But you are. And she said, look, I'm not going to give you chemo today. We're going to do a blood test and we're going to do a CT scan at the end of the week. And so I did all that and they called me Monday, two weeks ago. And when they called me, they said, hey, and you know, at first, because I've had, when they call me sometimes, yeah. they go, hey, we've you got to brace yourself. Yeah, for... you know, you go, hey, and I'm like, I'm praying in tongues <laughs> underneath, and you know, I'm just trusting the Lord, and like I always have. She just says, hey, check your blood. It's normal. Mm. I go, really? She goes, your white blood cells, normal. She said, the, the, um, the indicator, for your multiple myeloma, uh, it's it's like one to five is like healthy. 
She goes, yours is 1.17. She said, that's good. I go, what about my liver? She goes, there's no cancer activity and your liver function is normal. I'm like, and she goes, and then your lung where the spot's been, it hasn't grown, hasn't got smaller, hasn't created new any new activity. She goes, you're normal. I go, what? Now, in my mind, my wife goes, you're not normal there, but <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's normal, and I go, wow. I'm, I'm normal? Mm. She goes, you're normal. What can I say? I'm grateful. I'm thankful. Thankful that God's given me time to love him, to know him in a greater way than I've ever known him before. But I have a good God and he brought people along the way. And I believe that for you, if you're watching, here's the thing you have to realize. You have to keep your eyes on him. When you get your eyes on yourself, that's all you get for reward. Your self-pity, your doubt, all those different things. Find people that will walk with you in faith. The privilege that I had, that I had people walking with me 40 years, 30 years, 20 years, 25 years, you know? And uh, I'm just so grateful. It's kind of like the old Verizon commercial. How'd you get here? The network everything that stood behind him. That's how we get to heaven. You don't get there alone. You gotta build a network. Hey, wasn't that an incredible story? As I said earlier, I, I can't think of a better person who has modeled to myself, to my family, and to our church family, what it is to have faith in the midst of hardship. As you can tell, the greatest reason my Pastor Bubba could have the faith that he did in the midst of the hardship that he walked through was because of his relationship with Jesus. And I want to encourage those today that are just walking through hardships. I just want you to know that Jesus, he loves you. He loves you so much. And he's with you. And he's walking with you. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, I, I want to encourage you to invite him to come and be your Lord and your Savior. It's as simple as ABC. We admit that we're sinners. We believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and we confess that he is Lord of our lives. Now, being a Christian doesn't mean we don't go through hardships. As you can tell from Pastor Bubba's story and many other people that you probably know that follow Jesus, doesn't mean that you don't go through hardships. But what it does mean is that you can have joy, peace, and hope in the midst of the hardships. If you would like that today, I want you to pray right alongside with me today as I pray for you. And I want you to pray this, just make this your personal prayer today. I want you to say this, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my guilt, my sin, and my shame, and you died for it. I believe that you faced hell for me so that I wouldn't have to go and you rose again to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. I want you to say this with me. Say, today, I turn from my sins, and I place you as the Lord and Savior of my life to be born again. From this day forward, I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
If you prayed to be born again with Pastor Josh, congratulations, you just made the most important decision of your life. We would love to help you with your next step. All you have to do is fill out our online connect card and someone from our team will reach out to you and we will help you with your spiritual journey.